What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Our League. My name is Gage. I'll be your host slash co-host slash whatever today. Uh, joining me is, as you can see, a full house. It's going to be a pretty awesome episode. Over on the very far left, we have Al, the Predator Tribesman. Hey, hello. hello. <laughs> Down below him, we have Kumail H. Hey, how's it going? At middle row, like smack dab in the middle, we have a solid snake. Or wait, what is it, semi-solid snake? Is that what you're... Yeah. Okay, <laughs> semi-solid snake himself, Phil J. Woodward. I just want to say, Greg, you're Damn. pretty good. Damn, that's fucking awesome. Do we curse in this show? That's awesome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, right down below, we have Robin GL. What's up? Very bottom, we have Ben at Please Be Excited. What's up? And as you can see, right over there, top middle, we have a very special guest today, the one and only Greg Miller. What's up, Greg? Gentlemen, thank you hey. so much for having me. If I can start with a very simple message. Gino Viteri. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you for thinking you could go before me on Simply Sassy. I'm not going to. I won't live for it, sir. All right? Coming at me on Twitter. Well, I got to go before Greg. This is the best. Look at you now, clown. Look at you now, clown. <laughs> Well, that's one um, community question out of the way. That's a great way to start, you know? Jesus. Didn't expect so, it. How are you? Yeah, Chuck today. You know. yeah. <laughs> Live on Whoa. camera, it'll be good for the rest of you. It'll one, really bring up the views. Would be really happy yeah, right? with that. That's why I always tell uh, Tim, if I die on camera, use the footage. You're allowed to. I want that. I want that out there. I want, you know, that <laughs> influx of viewers coming to that very special episode. This 100%. is how we truly make it into the mainstream gauge. Thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> You're welcome. One of minute. you had to go for this to work. One of you had to go. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, the, so problem just in case... I, the problem is if I die, no one's going to realize, you know, it'll just go quiet. And go 20 minutes. <laughs> no, well, Ben. Like, why, why is Nick not on content anymore? Because surely Ben is just Nick. Just putting on a dodgy Australian accent. Uh, so for those who don't know who Greg Miller is, I assume anyone coming to our channel probably knows kind of funny. But just sure. in case, so. who is who is Greg Miller? Uh, my name is Greg Miller, and for 14 years, I've been able to live the dream of talking about video games for a living. And uh, that started at IGN.com, where I was hired to be a PlayStation editor and did that for a long, 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 long time uh, before in 2015, breaking away with a bunch of my friends to start Kind of Funny, which is this hybrid of both uh, intensive game coverage and then everything else, which can just be us horsing around and talking to Jerry O'Connell in a public park, or it can be us hosting E3 stage shows and talking about what's coming and having exclusive reviews of the playstation 5 like uh we basically get to turn our passions into podcasts and we love that greg if so, i can start off by asking you two questions sorry phil do you sure. want to no no, no. Go, go for it go for it so every time i see you on the podcast these days i think greg miller's looking fucking well for himself sure. and like so the first question is like what kind of hikes is jen taking you on for you to look that good and uh -huh. two like um on a more serious note like it's been about a year and a bit now since we've been in lockdown. How are you personally coping as an individual? Are you are you feeling okay? Is everything all right? Sure. Um, to start at the back at half of it, like how I'm feeling and stuff. I'm feeling great. Like you know what I mean. I think uh, I can only speak for you know myself and you know our family and like Lucy and kind of funny. But I think suddenly having this light at the end of the tunnel and feeling like we've turned a corner on COVID is super helpful. I think when it was those. You know, the it began as two weeks, then it became a couple months, then it became just it's never going to end. And that never going to end section was so 
beat you over the head, grind you down, kick you. You know what I mean? Like it was destroying you. I think and I was having those mornings I've talked about in shows, right? Of waking up and you're angry for no reason. Like everything's great, except for the fact that there's a global pandemic. You can't really go out and see your friend. You know what I mean? But like in the grand scheme of things, it's fine. You know, it's the joke I always tell people on shows when we have guests and I ask, how are you doing? And then they always like, and I'm like, on the 2020 curve, on the 2021 curve, how are you doing? Right? Like everyone's obviously worse. You know, if you're hopefully knock on wood, you're healthy and you're able to be on a podcast. You know, you're doing pretty well. Uh, now that we're there and vaccinations are starting to roll out, you know, here in California, April 15th, or I, I, sh I should say San Francisco, I think it might be April 19th or 18th for everybody, but in San Francisco, April 15th, you're able to go get the, the or sign up for a COVID shot and go get a COVID shot no matter what. And so having that and seeing our friends start to get it, seeing some of us start to get it, it kind of funny. It's been, you know, uplifting. And I feel like you finally see like, not that we're going to go back to normal anytime soon, not that everything's going to be a switch thrown, but not having that pressure on top of you has been great. And I think right now, you know, we're seeing that uh, pay off and it works for us, you know, in terms of feeling good about it. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of looking good on camera, I think a lot of that are angles. Uh, the beard helps hide everything. The camera being up and tilted a bit hides a lot too, because there'll be definitely times where I'm sitting back and I'll, well, I should bring my chair up, I guess, where I'm sitting in a thing and I'll see like this part of the gut just <laughs> hanging over the belt. And I'm like, no, 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 we got to suck it in, push this up, move it around. So, like, someone's <laughs> into that though, Greg. So. Oh, yeah, a lot of people are into it. Jen, especially. She put up a photo of me and Portillo the other day, yesterday, that was me without my beard. I'm like, I don't know why you married this person. I'm like, what were you thinking? Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's the hikes are helpful. And then more than any, it, that, it was a little bit of a. a I was already, I want to say, good at uh, breakfasts, where I think I talked about that too. You know, I, I had a turning point a while back where I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to eat. I love yogurt. I'm going to eat yogurt at every breakfast. Uh, and it's also now, though, like in the terms of like the grazing and snacking, uh, you know, at, at a, almost at IGN. God, how many years has it been? Six years. Uh, kind of funny when we were in the studio, right? It would be, uh, you know, have a cup of coffee, run in there, and then demolish two of the little Debbie snack cakes somebody had sent or whatever. Like, you know, donuts came from EA that day for summer release, and you're just eating garbage. Whereas here has been way more like, I'm hungry and I go into the kitchen and it's you know, apples and oranges are there. And it's like, okay, cool. I will actually eat this and move on it. Whereas I think in the studio before we were just surrounded by junk food. It was easier to make it those bad decisions. It doesn't help that you had like 15 cases or 15 billion cases of fucking LaCroix everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was even before I started drinking like uh, the mineral water. Like now, now I'd be helping out on that. I'd actually be doing something about it now. <laughs> I'd be actually go for it. You know? Maybe we'll get 15 uh, cases of San Pellegrino when we move somewhere. Maybe, maybe. No, thanks, Greg. I'll, I'll flip over to you, Phil. Yeah, we, we just had a community question that related to uh, Jerry O'Connell, so I figured I'd throw that one out there. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Steven what M. a Sousa. weird show. What a weird, amazing <laughs> show. But, like, I don't know if you watched the Patreon show afterwards. Like, he had to go. So we just sat there, and it's literally all four of us catching our breath. Like, what just happened? <laughs> How are, that was, like, the most I've never had a guest come in, match our energy, and go that way. Yeah, um, Stephen M. Souza, like he says that Jerry O'Connell uh, meant a lot to him, you know, uh, in his childhood and and whatnot. And so it was really cool to see him actually on the show. I mean, did, uh, when you were still working at IGN, thinking about making kind of funny, did you ever think you were going to do an interview like that? No, man. No, that was the thing. You know, when we were leaving IGN for kind of funny. I thought we were saying goodbye to a lot of opportunities like that. Like I knew like obviously we had friends uh, by that point of like, you know, we already had the Kevin Smith stuff planned and we knew Aisha Tyler and like those were things out there. But like the opportunities that have come around from kind of funny and just being Greg on the internet are ridiculous in a way you would never think right of like, I went to Cisco's wedding. Like who gets to say that? You know what I mean? And granted Cisco is a beyond fan at IGN, but still like it's crazy coming into 
working at IGN, starting my life, you know, and putting it all into games. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, when I started 14 years ago, it was still that thing of lots of people were playing games, but they weren't necessarily talking about games. And so there was still that, you know, I always talk about, I wrote the reviews, like the way I talked to Poe about games in high school, sitting on the couch. And so the fact that you get to a place now where, yeah, like, the barrier to entry to meeting somebody is just a tweet is just a podcast. The fact that like, I'm still not clear on it because we never got into it with Jerry. Cause it's always a weird thing, but like at least a little bit, Jerry O'Connell listened to the kind of funny podcast before we knew he was listening to the kind of funny podcast. It's like, I, I call out in the actual episode, right? Of like, you know, it started that I tweeted about sliders, but I didn't tag him. And then somehow he got involved and quote tweeted. He's like, I also love the kind of funny podcast. And you're like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then, it was the follow. And then it was the DM. We're like, you want to be on the show? He's like, yes, I do. I was like, all right. And then it was him on the show calling Tim the engaged one, even though I did not introduce Tim as the engaged one. You know what I mean? And like, oh, sure, he could have listened to one other podcast and heard me say that and picked up on that. But it was just a weird thing. The confidence he had talking to Nick about beards and like knowing that's a thing for Nick. Like he knew that what things were for us. So it's very bizarre that like my desire to go tell the world about, you know, PSP games somehow has led to this, <laughs> me interviewing him in a park. That's awesome. I think the Reesey Boy was going to ask a question, Robin, related to sort of IGN. Yeah, so Reesey Boy wants to know, like, you left IGN a long time ago. Uh, know, right? Six years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, it something you miss doing journalism and all that? And you want That's to a great question. You know, no, because I think everything I, I do is an extension still of that. You know, and even at IGN, by the time we leave in 2015, right, like I don't write reviews anymore. Like it's this truly bizarre feeling to look back at what my career has been and think about, yeah, like, you know, getting hired, Roper walking me around the office and sitting me down on my first day and to talk about it, it's just a different industry, right? Like he sat me down. He's like, all right, this is your PS2. This is your PS2 test kit. This is your PS3. This is your PS3 test kit. This is your, uh, you know, your PSP, but you already have one. And it was this idea even of, Hey, can we, when are we getting review copies of a game? Oh, well, we're sending you burn CDs of that. You know what I mean? Like getting discs in the mail that we had to play and do these different things. And so, the way it evolved from writing reviews to, you know, actually running a team to doing more podcasting, but then also then the video rolls with up at noon to then, you know, being just an entertainment person to then going off and doing kind of funny. It all feels natural. And, it, and I think I'd miss it more in terms of the journalism side of it, which I always use loosely because even when I was there and I started at IGN, I didn't like being called the games journalist because I had to, I have a degree in journalism and what we were doing was not journalism. And now you have amazing people like Rebecca Valentine, uh, uh, Patrick Klepek, Jason Schreier, the list goes on of people that are doing games journalism uh but getting there and you know writing about games and being a critic is what i always thought i was like i still feel this is an extension of it and i think i might miss it if it hadn't grown with me and changed with me and if i wasn't working with the same if i wasn't still working with the same people like you figure you know the people i hit up to talk about playstation 5 stuff when we were getting ready for playstation 5 launch these are the same people i was talking to on that first day when jeremy dunham was like your your, your goal this week is to get me an exclusive every uh, uh day which at the time was like literally hitting up 
upcoming PSP developers and Sony and being like, can I get exclusive screenshots? And then being like, yes, nobody's talking about PSP. Here you go. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still talking to those people at PlayStation. And you look at, you know, Microsoft, you look at uh, some turnover in Nintendo, but Capcom, stuff like that. Like, these are the same people. And a lot of times in the same way, you know, you look at uh, games journalism or enthusiast press and you see somebody like Rebecca Valentine, who we knew from gamesindustry.biz now being at IGN, right? And people moving around that way. It's similar there where I'm talking to people at EA that I knew from Bethesda that I knew, you know, like the list goes on. Andy McNamara being at EA, but he used to be a game informer. Like it's a small industry. And so when you're a bad penny that just keeps turning up, <laughs> you meet the same people and it kind of feels like the same thing, even though it's really different. I've just got this image on my head right now of Dunham just being like, get me photos of Spider-Man right I now. I need to Just basically, um, loosely um, talking about working with the same people at the moment. Sure. Um, it seems like you had a reluctance um, before COVID hit of getting people onto the show via video. And now us having to adapt to, you know, communicating via video. Do you think that when you're back in the office that you'll be still like doing some shows via video? And in terms of the like the employees as well, like um, Tim, Nick, all those guys, um, and Joey as well, girls I've as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> will, will will they do like a hybrid of working from home, working in the office, or how's that going to work in terms of you know game of sure. uh, cave podcast? Great question. Great, show. Great question. Uh, you know, I think for sure, you know the hesitancy before was clearly as we are living in 2021 now and through 2022 or through 2020 was. In, based on an outdated uh, idea of where we were at with streaming technology. I think it was me at IGN having to have done Skype interviews or roundtables or whatever that were, you know, not good, that were so far back, that video quality wasn't there and all these different things, let alone the fact that I think this forced everybody to figure it out in a way that wasn't before, right? Where, you know, mm -hmm. most people now have at least a webcam or understand a little bit more of, well, I should wear headphones if I'm on this call so there isn't this giant echo. We had, you know, back at IGN with all sorts of different things had tries with that that just didn't work and the quality would drop and yada, yada, yada. So my hangups on it when I was, when we were in the office at Kind of Funny and it was very much like, no, 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 no. Like there'll be a different vibe to it. I, I don't want that. Clearly it was based on outdated information and outdated tech and me not keeping up with it myself. And so now as you look forward to 2021 and beyond and what this means is people beyond. get vaccinated. Beyond. beyond, beyond. Very good job. Very good job. <laughs> uh, my belief is that, yeah, you will see us move to a hybrid model, both for employees in some regard and then also for guests, right? Where I think mm -hmm. now that we have this down, we'll have to figure it out. It will, I think, be case by case in a lot of ways when you talk about a show because mm -hmm. great i i totally understand right now you, i don't know if you watch the gamescast review of outriders right mm -hmm. i totally can wrap my head around six of us coming in and doing this thing and calling it out and i can't see joey but i know to kick to joey eventually and she'll be there with an idea i don't know because we haven't done it yet and we'll have to do it when we do but when we eventually do go back to a studio i don't know how that looks when it's five of us in person and one person on skype and then is there going to be that weird delay where it is that we keep want the, or I think of, um, what was it when we did, uh, hold on. I almost have it. No, I forget. There was some show we did, uh, back in the day and it was this whole thing of the problem we have as a group. When you introduce someone new is that we know each other so well mm -hmm. and I know how to go and Tim knows when to interject and Andy knows when to do a joke. Nick doesn't understand any of this and just does what he does. 
we understand how to vibe off each other and bringing someone new into that often if yeah. we don't prep them and we don't talk about it beforehand is hard to get them off the bench right like yeah. i feel like people have a hard time knowing when to jump in when what's overstepping bounds and such and so my concern would be putting someone into a situation like this where they're on discord but we're all in person are they going to be able to break in is there a delay there yada yada again though this is all based on outdated information. I think it comes down to us biting the bullet and trying. And I think, you know, you start looking at like where our shows are right now, right? Where it is like, you know, Xcast is filmed in three different locations and only one of them is San Francisco, right? Like, what does that look like in terms of when we do come back, you know, is Gary coming in for uh, Widow Wednesdays on Tuesdays or would he still want to be at home? You know, how's he doing it? What is every situation is going to be different too with COVID and, uh, um, you know, compromised people and things like that. Like, there will be a whole host of new problems to solve by us going back to the studio. But my belief would be that very much, yeah, we will be doing a hybrid method. I couldn't stop thinking of like that one morning show where Kevin just co goes into the background, like Zordon, <laughs> like having that yeah. first show. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. And that's the kind of shit we will inevitably do. And I think you'll see it too, in terms of, you know, we have so many different products right now going. You figure as I talk to you, right, they are recording in review for Mortal Kombat and they're recording uh, Xcast. And yeah. so it's like, clear, I mean, you know, with the size of the studio we're running and what last I heard about a Studio A and a Studio B and how there'd be ways to do that, but it also would probably be incredibly easy to say, cool, Kevin, you're in here in the afternoon and you're doing interview. Barrett, stay home and you just do that. Xcast is satellite. And maybe not every week it is. Maybe it switches off. Like, we'll feel all that out as we eventually get back there. Cool. Thank you. I'm sure that makes every single one of us very happy because if you're not going to be doing remote, interviews via video then we can't we can no longer copy your content so then we're gonna <laughs> yeah it's very true happy to be copied don't worry about <laughs> not, that not, remember we... matt batson said inherited okay we're inheriting the content <laughs> yeah 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 well we were the first people to ever talking to microphones so yeah you are definitely you know <laughs> i can't believe so many people have copied us on this one speaking to, of to people copying people go ahead bill I was just saying, to be fair, we do have a show called the hashtag not KFAF Photoshop challenge. So. I love it. I love it. I'm, that's, you know, that's the most amazing thing. I, I don't know if it'll make the cut, but somebody had tweeted. I know a question of like, how does it feel to see kind of funny best friends like, you know, rally around stuff like that and do their own versions of it and yada, yada, yada. Like, that's incredible. That's like the best case scenario of all of this. Right. Like I always talk about it like. You know, you've heard it a million times, I know, so I'm sorry I just keep saying the same adages. But, like, we exchange the reach of IGN for the intimacy of kind of funny. And that means, you know, and like I always say, we're not building it for you. We're building it with you. And I think uh, we lose sight of it. I think everybody lose sight of, loses sight of it at times where it does feel like I, it's crazy to me the way I think about you and our relationship that there will be people on the subreddit that when I pop in and respond to their Reddit thread, they're like, oh, my God, Greg's here. And I'm like are we it's I, I don't i don't think and that's awesome and that's amazing don't get me wrong i don't think about bringing in new people i think about the fact that we're all you know, it's the same group it's always been you know what i mean and like that's clearly not true we're bringing in new people every day and that's fantastic and of course people age out or things change and yada yada but to see you know folks like you rally around the idea find each other through the content you know and through a million other groups obviously easy allies like you know there's the venn diagram for all this is very much a circle but find each other and then go take parts of what we do and be like i want to do with that you know okay kfa is going away but we still want to do those photoshops like you see the penetration on those you see people responding to those you see us sharing those like we still love that and it's great that even if that's not going to be kfa if anymore it's still part of the fabric 
Do you think Kevin shares that sentiment about loving the photoshops? <laughs> you know, Kevin checks Twitter every three weeks, so you're fine. You know, I don't think you have to worry too much about him. He's happy just to be involved. What I really love, Greg, stuff. is like, last week, Ben tweeted out something, didn't tag anybody, and all of a sudden, like, ten minutes later, Kevin just saw it, and it's just like... And it's, it's always so like, bad. the reply is always just, why, Ben? That's all Kevin yeah. ever says. <laughs> it's accurate. Oh, God. You were going to ask a question. No oh. To that. oh, I was going to ask the, the community question that, Greg, you just responded to. But oh, okay. you, you spoke about intimacy of kind of funny. Uh, I don't think uh, what we have right now would have been possible without the kind of funny being as intimate as you guys make it. Um, and also another aspect of that that would be very different without the intimacy of kind of funny is I think what JT here is asking. Uh, you keep going from strength to strength, and it's so good to see. No questions for Greg. Just want to give him thanks for getting me through some tough times with great content as an escape. Now that, because I can definitely relate to that, and watching your content as an escape with the intimacy you guys actually like show and give us makes it that much more just meaningful sure and how does that make you feel in terms of like ign versus kind of funny and oh i mean like it, it's ign versus kind of funny is an interesting way to t address the question right because i feel it with you and i know you've heard this as well right love like you know making the content gets us through the hard times i can't tell you how much i love going in and doing a podcast like this because it's the time i get to turn my brain off on the other 900,000 things I need to worry about that are wrong and both, you know, for kind of funny in personal life or whatever, you know, just chores, Portillo, whatever, but in focus on something. And so like, it's always is that this hour long that we're doing something, this content we're making gives me that outlet to be crazy. And like, think about it in your daily lives. How many times would you sit around with your friends and manifest Grover into your head and laugh hysterically together about the stupidest <laughs> stuff. Like, you know, especially as we all get older, right? You know, there's that joke that goes around the podcast or the internet every so often of like, once you turn 30, hanging out with your friends is making a podcast, but it's true. And like, we get to do that multiple times a day and have it. So like the escape you get from listening is the escape we get from creating and it's why it works. And so to compare that back to IGN, right? Like the power is us owning it. There was always there was always that thing of even though if even if you considered and I did and this isn't like hubris I hope considered me the face of IGN or one of the faces of IGN right next to a Naomi a Damon a, a Jess depending on when you're there, uh, the fact of the matter is it wasn't mine it was pairs and you know Ziff Davis and uh, depending on when you're there Dunham Roper and it's also your teammates and it's this giant thing of like it's so much harder to then speak for the company it's so much harder not to have to vet something a million times and this isn't a bad thing this is how it works right of like if you're going to talk and try to be like representing a group of 300 to 450 people whatever it was when i worked there like that's a different ball of wax than i see something going south on reddit and i can stop in and be like hey full stop hold on let's talk about this let's address it let's go with it you know what i mean like hey we talk about it on the show if we cross somebody steps over a line stop the show let's talk about it let's say what's happening and these are bad things obviously because you're talking about the good things of it of like you know the intimacy but it's 
the same because it's an intimacy we can all share because we're all on the same page and we all know that we all know what this is and it is that idea that when you know i go on the, the subreddit which is clearly the social media i use for kind of funny right and when i go in there and i see barrett responding i'm so happy barrett responded you know what i mean like oh barrett's talking and answering this question and he's like even sometimes to be like i don't know 100 know but this is what i've heard like yes that's what i want i want my team empowered to go speak on that front and you know it's the same thing of like I know blessings talked about it, uh, obviously last year when all the George Floyd stuff was happening and, you know, he would go out there and be outspoken. He would go on shows and like, you know, real quickly in the beginning, he was, you know, sending me tweets and stuff like, is this, I'm not cool with this. Am I able to engage? And I'm like, dude, just go like, you know I mean? You're, you're here. And what you feel is what you feel. Like, we're not going to get in the way of that. And like, that goes for everybody with what they feel, even when the opinions are incredibly bad as they usually are with Nick, like, you know what I mean? You got to roll with that punch, but that is what we get to do. And like, you don't have to worry about that gatekeeper because we're all gatekeeping each other, which sounds even worse, but you know what I mean? Thank Ow, you. In the background, you've got some smarties. What are those for, dude? Those are just in case Greg needed uh, reference to what actual real smarties are. Yeah. Don't. Hey, Jen ordered a whole box of Canadian candy. I've had some smarties. All right. They're like Easter M&Ms. I get it. I get it. I'm not picking a fight with those smarties when I talk shit about smarties. I'm talking about the stupid self, you know, uh, cellophane wrapper ones here in america they open they're like powdery but they're not i'd rather have tums but i open these things up and they're smarties and they're terrible <laughs> chalk <laughs> he'll be very happy to hear that because he was going to get into a fit of rage if you gave him any other answer <laughs> no no, no. So, I, have no, I have no qualm with canadian smarties so you talked about you doing like a million different things at once and this is kind of a nice way to to turn your brain off for a minute and not worry about things uh, ben has a question he asks every single person that comes onto the show and i think this is a great time for it Sure. Well, we, we don't know if it comes from Ben or not. We don't know where the question comes from. But um, before, <laughs> oh, it's you, man. Before, it's all you. <laughs> before, we, before we get to that, I've got a uh, another community question. Okay. Um, I'm not not sure if you want to answer it because it is actually from um, one of Gino's friends. Um, oh God. Man, um, well, I mean, I beat Gino here, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so this one comes from Matt Batson from the Wild Aces News Network. I know him. He asks, if Portillo could drive, what kind of car would he have? Oh man. Great That's question, amazing. man. Great question. That is a great question. You go to one of two ways, right? You think of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, but then you also mm -hmm. think he's an incredibly small dog, so would he have an incredibly small car? And that's the thing is, I think he'd have like a Mini Cooper. I think he'd have like a little matching Mini Cooper that he would drive, a little bit smaller than ours. You know what I mean? Just tiny. Have that. Run around with that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with that. Nice. But it also have the Ghostbusters paint job on it. No, that's not his shtick. That's my shtick. I feel like his would be, I think he's so uncreative. It would just be like, it would be that red brown he is. I think that would also be the color of the car. That's Maybe there's a paw print on the side or on the, on the hood. I'm not sure. Nice. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so my question or the question that we don't know where it comes from that always gets asked on the show is um, you are obviously everywhere. You're one minute you're presenting a show, you're at EA Play, you're texting. There's been a lot of theories about what you potentially could be. So we've had theories from the kind of funny crew, whether you're an android, sure. just a different species, maybe just clones like a multiplicity with Michael Keaton. We've yeah. had some recent rumors and reports. So I think it was last week actually on the show that you may also be some kind of Emperor Palpatine clone. So I just want to get to the truth. I want to get to the answer as to how you're able to be everywhere at once. Uh, a total lack of disregard for my own personal well-being that would be it's the you know it's the very cognizant thought that one day this will end 
for some reason, mm. people still want me to do things and be a part of things and host things. And so while I have that little bit, that, you know, that 15 minutes of fame that I can keep open, I'm going to take every shot I can and do every piece of content that, you know, is up our alley and does something. So I'm sorry, I don't have a funny answer for it, but it's just the idea of like, you know, it's what we've talked about before, right? Of like, uh, I'm lucky enough that I've been able to branch off and make this company with my friends and build this company up and at the same time build up my friends. You know what I mean? I think if you look at Tim and Nick now and compare them to how they were performing on camera in January 2015, they're going to be night and day, right? And to see the opportunities both of them have gotten from uh, the company growing and uh, pushing and doing different kind of endeavors. Like that is what drives me still to this day. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's helpful to keep hiring people because then you always go, oh, gee, oh, fuck, like Blessing's life depends on me. <laughs> like, you know what I no mean? Like, oh man, Barrett just got married. He's, his healthcare is somehow, oh God, okay. You know what I mean? Like there's that constant pressure that, doesn't weigh me down but keeps me motivated to keep doing the things that i love not that i think i would ever you know knock off and stop because of it but it is that idea that for so long i was trying to make my dreams come true and now i'm trying to make other people's dreams come true and so as long as i still have these opportunities to go out there and do crazy things and take kind of funny further and you know be able to come in and support the team i want to do that ben can i just follow oh. up on greg's question and ask him um, Greg, like back in the day, I remember kind of funny, you once said that when you, when you quit IGN to start kind of funny, you thought that you would have time for naps and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I just want to know now you've got so many fantastic people added to the kind of funny family. Have you had more time to take a breather for yourself or, or maybe have that elusive nap that you always wanted? Like, is that a thing these days or are you still? Naps just... are rare because it is definitely <laughs> like, it, it's what we always talked about, about it, where even there's always something to do. You know what I mean? I don't think even if we were, and we won't, don't everybody calm down, it's not going to happen. If suddenly I, or uh, Kind of Funny went up to being 100 people, right? Like, there would still be things I would want to do and more stuff that I would, you know, I'd have opportunities for. And so it's this weird balance of being super busy still, but feeling like there's a better regimen to it, to feel like there's a better... Uh, uh, cadence and i can't can take breaks right like the fact that i'm even doing this with you guys right now is because cool i'm not on mortal kombat interview i can step and i'm not on xcast so i can step away from those shows but that also goes as far as you know it's, it's been great when tim or joey sees that wait a second greg's on too many things this day or here's me lamenting it not in a like i'm complaining way but just expressing how exhausted i am and then be like you don't have to do kind of funny podcast today you don't have to do this show today like there's always something that like yeah it's funny because we tell the staff it all the time of like no no like just say something if you if you don't want to do something or you're too tired or you know you're burnt out or you worked on the weekend and you or whatever you know just let us know we can switch it out but it's hard to take that to heart and that's why you know we stay on them so much about it but to have a team that checks me in the same way of like okay cool why don't we stop you uh, i get stopped a lot but mm -hmm. you know today it was that rare thing of of you know i looked at the calendar when i woke up and i was like games daily and then this giant break until this and i was like oh man totally let's jump on the stream and let's do uh outriders with a blessing and mike which is great and cool and i'm glad i did it and then it was like oh crap there's a there is a we're doing invincible reactions after that uh crap uh you know what i mean and then i'm oh i'm on, I'm on simply sass it suddenly becomes a four show day when it was mm -hmm. a you know two show day at one point but again like there's a difference in all of that and especially when you're not planning the uh, show like a ps i love you and to a different extent, a kind of funny podcast are far different than me climbing onto React to Winter Soldier, right? That's a Tim product. He gets to drive that. He gets to worry about it. Thank you so much. Anytime.
So I have. This is fun. Uh, I haven't done like a panel in a while. I feel like I'm at like a panel. We're scoring you right now compared you to Nick's interview. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing all right. We we have a more of a statement than a question, really. Um, but Price four one two says uh, that he wants you to keep calling him Prince four one two because as much as he hates it, he loves it. So. That's what I like to do is I like to take the uh, inability of me being able to read and go from, oh, this is annoying to, uh, you know, it's endearing. I've come around. I've come full circle on it. I don't hate this anymore. So you don't have to worry about that, Prince. It'll continue. Robin, did you have a community question you wanted to ask? Uh, It's one from Aaron. Uh, What would Greg's ideal Superman movie be? Cast, director, plot. All that. Wow! I think add on to that one as well. Josh had a similar question, like if you had to reboot the DCU, how how would you do it as well? So yes. you maybe can add those sure. together. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So then, wow. Okay, big questions. Big questions. Wasn't prepared. So um, the Jeopardy music. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, God, that's a really great question, right? I would love to see them go a more well see it's like i love henry cavill you know what i mean and so i'd love to see him get a shot at it but even flashpoint i don't think is going to solve everything in a way that would make that happen even though maybe snyder cut's success doesn't need to solve that and of course nobody knows what they're doing with the dceu so you know i always go back to kingdom come and that i would love to see john ham as the older superman right and have michael keaton be there as 89 batman i know now he's in flash so that wouldn't happen and yada 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 but even that being able to and you could even bring in gal and just have her be a different wonder woman then because wonder woman doesn't age and that's great um but if we were rebooting and getting going like i would you know the first things first like we are not retelling the origin story he is already clark he is already probably married to lois uh i i don't necessarily need jonathan their kid yet especially with uh superman and lois already doing the twins over there um you wanted to give it something different and i would want it to have that bombastic uh uh action movie stuff going on right and i think the you know, criminally underexplored in the movies is Brainiac. I think that you could do a really cool Brainiac story and introduce that in a nice way of, again, you already, uh, you guys already know, uh, you know, he's from Krypton. You already know the Kents. You already know all that jazz. So let's do the story of, you know, Brainiac being the reason Krypton got destroyed. Brainiac's coming to Earth. You know, he already bottled the city of Kandor. There's all this stuff and he's coming to attack. You know, really do the, oh, God, I'm tired. Jeff Johns. Gary Frank run that was just Superman Brainiac, right? Or in Secret Identity, right? Or just Secret Origin. Uh, but the one where Jonathan Kent died and he fought Brainiac. Like you basically do that and have a, a, a really good run of that, I think, and have something interesting there that isn't what you already know. That's what I hate is like, you know, I, I'm such a big proponent of Last Sun, uh, the one where, you know, I was talking about that being my video game that I'd want to see made into a Superman story where, you know, a kid crashes out of the Phantom Zone, uh, they adopt him, and then it turns out he's Zod's kid, Zod's there, they come back. It's like, how many times do we, I, I hate that we always see Superman fight Zod, it seems like, in these TV, live action products to a point where people are like, we get it. We understand who Zod is. We don't need to keep doing that. I don't want to go to the well. I want to give them something different. And so I think Brainiac would be a cool way to, number one, bring in a world-ending threat, show Superman, have those you know big space battles, have him all over the place doing cool stuff. And then also, if you want to open that up to become the new DCEU, you could you know have glimpses of what's happening in Gotham or something like that and how why the Justice League sidelined by this. But in terms of playing him, that gets interesting, right? Because like, that's never what I think about. I'm always excited when this stuff happens, when they do casting stuff, because it's never like I've had my eye on it, with the exception, I guess, of Tyler Hoechlin. When I watched that uh, 
Linkletter movie he was in about baseball. He had a mustache and he was doing a bunch of stuff. He was shirtless. And I was like, this guy got screwed over. He should have been Superman. And then I think it was like a year later, he got on Supergirl as Superman. So I, I claim kudos for that. You know, I, you know, it's interesting because I think I love Cameron Cuff so much. He's got a look to him that I would love to see him do more with DC. I'd love him another shot in some way at being in the DC universe. Of course, I, you know, I, I'd love to time travel back and get a young, get younger Tom Welling, give him the shot after Smallville to get out there. A little too old now in the sweetness of Kingdom Come stuff. But yeah, I don't have somebody at the top of my list where I'm like, that guy should be Superman. Cause, and especially because I think Tyler Hawkins doing such a great job of being the Superman I'd like to see on the CW, where he is smiling and he is, you know, Clark first and he is a dad and he's dealing with a whole bunch of different struggles. Greg, picture this. Mm-hmm. All right. Shut I'm picture, I'm Superman. Shutting my ass. There and it'll be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if they're ready for that, that was always my, but, you know, before I had anyone to talk to about it, I was like, if I was writing Smallville, I would cast myself as Bizarro Clark. Because, right, like, I was overweight, and I was like, I, I was like, I, like, I kind of look like, you know, Tom Welling's failed clone. Like, I was like, that would be the way to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't worry about having being all, like, chalky white and angular. Just make him, like, this is where we start the thing, and then we go somewhere with it. But I had no one to tell at the time. Nobody at the newspaper wanted to hear about why I thought I should be. <laughs> Bizarro Clark. Well, now you've got the prime platform of Simply Sassy. Exactly. So we'll, we'll, we'll make some stuff happen, you know. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Gage, can we make it happen? <laughs> I don't know if we can make anything happen, honestly. I'll be surprised if we can break 100 views on this episode. <laughs> Do you guys ever stop and think about it, by the way, that, like, if Christopher Reeve hadn't died and hadn't been paralyzed or whatever, he would be in the mix for the shit? Like, he would have been in Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? He would have been in the black uh, Superman's, like, kingdom. I mean, that blows my mind to think about the world where we could have had that we could have had a scene probably with this multiverse stuff of him and michael keaton like i would have just lost my mind that's literally what i was gonna say is the michael keaton thing makes me think that they totally would have brought reeves in for um the flashpoint movie yeah absolutely uh so our very own matt ferguson fergie 21 over there on twitterverse uh, wants to know if you guys have ever thought about or if you ever plan to do like a 10 to 15 minute compressed version of Games Daily, like either edited or whatever. So people that want that gaming news but can't necessarily dedicate an hour every day to, to listen to it uh, might be able to, to get that content from Kind of Funny. Sure, that's a really interesting take. I think there's no immediate plans for it. Uh, I would say that, yes, that I could see a product like that existing, but you'd have to see our games team expand more and get to a, like, I could, I, you figure, I think that would almost be like if you hired somebody who was both on camera and like Roger, who was like, you know what I mean? Like the day, it, you know, at the end of the day, they record into a down the barrel camera, right? Even if it's just looking off the page, like, you know, breaking news in the old days on black and white TV of like, here's the top stories of the day. And this is what you need to know about them. That could be really cool, but there's no immediate plans for it. But who the knows where we're going. of the blessing show. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? exactly. Exactly. Um, I, just I would like to. This. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say a shout out to Roger, just because I think there was a yeah. cut out of the Jerry episode. And like, I didn't exactly know who Jerry is. If I'm being sure. completely honest, I'm not in, into moves, but when I saw the clip out and just saw him talking, I was like, I have to click on this episode now. So a big shout out to Roger for those. Roger's so killing it, dude. Roger's yeah. amazing. Yeah, he was a, a great hire this year. Uh, so I just wanted to say really quick, if you do like short form news content, check out our friend Caesar Towers uh, with his show Patch Notes. He, uh, he does a great job um, doing a short form news content show every week. Um, does he do it just weekly? Might as well. Yeah, just weekly, not daily, but 
Yeah, he does a great job with his editor, McKenna. Um, mm -hmm. They work together to do some really fun stuff with the kind of funny community. And it, it's uh, kind of just a compact uh, little 10 to 15 minute news show every week. Okay, I'll mm -hmm. check it out. Wait, hold on. This isn't right. So we've got Patch Notes podcast. Guys. This is the Twitter home of the Patch Notes, a weekly RuneScape podcast available on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I'll, I'll DM it was to was from you, December first, twenty eleven. Yeah, email me the link. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, that's something quite interesting as well. I do miss RuneScape. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, guys, we've got twenty minutes. So I don't know if any of the Simply Sassy members have got like questions, or I've do you want to kick it over to community questions? I've got a really quick one. I, I, it is a community question, regardless. Uh, this one comes in hot off the press from one uh, Mario Not Bros. He asks, "Hey Greg, how's it feel to be the second best guest of out of our league after Mario Not Bros?" I mean, if if you write in yourself to say I'm the second best, your vote doesn't count. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Oh, fuck. Was he the best guest? Is that how it was, guys? Is that you can vote right now? You can tell me. Uh, next I, uh... question. <laughs> I think arguably our best guest is probably Johnny Ace because legally we have to say that or he'll kill us. Sure. So. Sure. That's right. Yeah. He has friends in Malta. You don't want to cross. Yeah. You don't want to cross. Well, specifically, you Gage. <laughs> oh, he wanted me dead. Episode. He wanted me dead so bad. Oh my god. Uh, so I'm gonna. I'm going to toss another community question out there real quick. This is from Campfire Design Studio, the wonderful creator behind the uh, Wild Aces logo. Uh, he says, my question is, what does a kind of funny theme park look like? Are there rumors true? Have people gone missing from the Graveler? Are the riders in Scarpino Land inverted? Or the rides, sorry. <laughs> um, and why am I not allowed? They just get inverted and they walk into the show. <laughs> And why am I not allowed to skinny dip in the Busan cold brew fountain? Oh, my God. Can you imagine all that Busan we'd be drinking there? Yeah, the kind of funny uh, uh, theme park is definitely a nightmare factory. Like, I think you have to worry about every horrible thing we've done coming together. Where it's just, I like the idea of, like, the mascots, like, you know, the Disney mascots. But, yeah, there's the Johnny Ace, right, and the giant felt outfit. There's the Grabbler wandering around. There's a Milk Mommy for sure going. Like, you have, there, there's Portillo's. There, you know, there's a whole, like, petting zoo of dachshunds and uh pomeranians for portillo and moose and all that jazz like it is a incredibly uh low population park not many people coming through <laughs> and we've spent way too much money to make it hype as fuck of course uh there's a lot of photo ops a lot of photo ops a lot of things for you to stand in front of and get your photos the rides themselves yeah they are pretty much the same three rides but they are reskinned over and over again so you hopefully never notice that there's something different happening really long lines right in the heat but kevin keeps walking around just real kevin not a mascot just walking around telling you it's not that bad <laughs> just kevin over there be all the time it's not that bad get out of here do you think what about restaurants like... sorry oh restaurants that's a great one is it just Obviously, portillo's yeah, there'd be a Portillo uh, stand for sure. You figure you'd have winging it with Greg Miller. There'd be a wing stand for sure. Uh, LaCroix is like the exclusive water. You can't get away from that. You know what I mean? You can have a LaCroix or you can have a Coke. Then, of course, lots of IPAs, lots of beers floating around. Uh, Nick's got just the protein shack, the Scarpino protein shack, where it's just hard-boiled eggs and meat yes. and then, like, eggs mixed with broccoli and stuff. You're all like, what the hell? Why would you get this? And then Andy's walking around. There's twang vendors everywhere. You know what I mean? And then hot Cheetos everywhere. Yeah. It's just all the, the junk food we're known for. Throwing it in your face and the lines like, have some twang. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this. Oh God, my, eyes. Anyway. my eyes. <laughs> I don't know why, but I imagine that it's like under that bridge behind Disneyland where there's just like nothing and it's just all made of cardboard boxes. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing Mike running down the lines, just getting everyone super hyped and excited for the totally. ride before they yeah, get on the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's definitely the announcer, right, of the thing. Just t- telling you all time. <laughs> all right, party people. <laughs> all right. I'm going to shoot out another community question from the one and only Vitz Patel. Oh, Vitz. Uh, he wants to say, firstly, thank you for all the things that you do. I just wanted to ask if you could talk about the Presence of Mind project with Alana, Alana and Khalif. Yeah. Um, seems like a great initiative, but struggle to catch it live. He he struggles to catch it live. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so like uh, that was a out of the blue opportunity that I couldn't jump on fast enough. Where Cloud Nine hit me up and was like, "Hey, we're getting ready to do season two of uh, Presence of Mind, which is a show about mental health, which is us teamed up with Kaiser Permanente. Uh, you know, we have uh, on the show that'll be a nurse or a psychologist or someone there who's got a clinical background uh, to help host through. But it's about having the conversations." we all should have more of publicly and trying to remove the stigma uh, from mental health, right? And I think that, you know, obviously, I'd, I'd like to think at least, that's such a big thing for me and kind of funny. And I think, you know, we talk about, you, we talk on this podcast about, you know, us getting you through things, you getting us through things, like that is, you know, the longhand way of talking about, I think, how is your mental health and it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to show vulnerability, right? I think that's been definitely a you know topic of my career at least something i'd like to think of is one of uh, uh my strong points in terms of here's where i've messed up here's where you know i've had a rough time i am having a rough time right now my cancer you go on about it right so when they hit me up and pitched me on this show like i was all in and i wanted to be a part of it because i was like yeah you know doing this uh, 12 episode run uh, every other thursday uh, twitch.tv slash cloud nine and having a topic each time and bringing on other guests from you know the cloud nine family from the esports community from gaming in general but definitely from a place that i don't know much about you guys know that i'm not uh, an esports person so bringing on these different uh, people and hearing what it's like on their side right you know we've done toxicity uh, uh we've done uh you know uh, uh, what would you call it i guess uh being a, 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 a woman in the gaming space right with uh, alana and one of the cloud nine players in the front of it and stuff like that and learning from these examples that i wouldn't normally hear from obviously you know i i know you know you know what, what it's like through jen what it's like through lucy what it's like through andrea but that's in the space i exist in every day to cross over and see what it's like for you know a, a league player to see what it's like for somebody else in esports that goes a long way to fleshing out what that side of the industry is like and of course in the same way i've discovered over the years how much stick with me not in the main sense but how much making a game is like making a podcast and the same struggles you go through trying to make content is just making content it doesn't matter what the product is you're doing the same kind of things having the same kind of doubts uh being able to talk about that's important and bringing in audiences for that and you know i think we're gaining steam on it right now you know it was one of those where uh it was coming together to the last minute we went and did the first show now we're talking more about it before we get out there we're taking listener quest or reader or viewer questions they're working on it, seeing if they can get it up as a podcast because of course you bring me alana and khalifa and the entire audience is like i know these people from podcasts can we get it as a podcast feed they're working on all that and i just thought it was a cool important thing that isn't you know like at no point is it a commercial for Kaiser permanente or cloud nine or us it's a all these different groups coming together to talk about one thing. And I think it is, you know, it, it is so close to my favorite podcast, which is death, sex and money, right. With Anna sale. That is, you know, the things we think about a lot and the things we need to talk about more. Like when they were like, do you want to do that for gamers? I was like, yes, let's rip off Anna sale. (laughs) Let's go do this. And so, so far I think we've had, you know, we've done two episodes. I thought we had great discussions. I'm excited for this uh, third one. 
Are you copying Simply Sassy's no. ideas of ripping people off? I am. <laughs> I'm not yes, happy. Yes. <laughs> and if, if people wanted to watch this or check it out, where would they go? You can go to Cloud9, or you can go to well, Cloud9.com, but you can go to twitch.tv slash Cloud9 uh, every other Thursday. Uh, so not today. Uh, it'll be uh, seven days from day on the 15th. That checks out, tax day. Uh, so you can come by and see the next episode then. But of course, I'm tweeting about it all the time, and so you can come find there. Robo, can I switch it to you for another community question? Yeah, we have another one from Reese Boy, who uh, he also has a podcast about mental health, if you want to check it out. Mind out. Mind you, I think it's called. Um, he wants to know, just how much do you know from about the industry? Like, how much insider information do you have? How much do you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or are you more I like mean, that's really hard to quantify. Point. You know, I think and it, it's hard to quantify, and it uh, varies, I would say, month to month. I think, you know, it, it, the industry is there. You know, you hear friend EA, you hear NDA, you hear stuff like that. But there's also such a point of it, like, you know, Jason Schreiber's been an interesting case study in it, I think, as you see him in his uh, now more years into his career, the fact that he'll talk about the fact that I know this game has been confirmed, but I wasn't going to say it because it wasn't newsworthy, but now because X, Y, and Z is happening, you're, other people are talking about it, I can confirm it as well. There's a lot of that where I think the way it all works out is that like games have to be an open secret, right? Because how do you possibly work on something for years, then go out with your friends who also do what you do and not be able to mention what's happening, right? There's that, I would say, you know, unwritten code that, you know, you're going to hear things and you're going to be around things and you're going to have information. And that extends to people like us uh, that are personalities in the industry. And it applies to us in a way because we're, we've been around long enough that you're getting invited to places that you probably wouldn't normally be. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason that first time uh, Podcast Beyond ever went out to dinner with Shuhei. Like, it was so weird because, like, we were cool in the eyes of Shu, but Scott Rohde didn't know who we were, right? Uh, Michael Denny, who was there, didn't know who we were. All these heads of PlayStation Worldwide Studios had no clue who we were other than maybe we do a podcast. And it was about, like, sitting there and having those conversations and... That leads to, you know, an E3 later where you're invited to go out for a drink or you run into somebody and blah, blah, blah. And over the years, pe people get over doing that, like, whole, like, start talking and then they look at you and somebody in the group's like, no, they're cool. Like, they just know you're cool because you've been around long enough, right? Like, there's few people I would trust more with a secret than Jeff Keighley. Like, it's not, you know, and granted that's, you know, I'm a little bit apples and orangey there, but like, I think most, I, what I used to tell people when I don't have to tell them, right? But it used to be that thing of like, well, I don't know if we, I'm going to tell you something. I'm like, dude, I've been doing this at the time for, I've been, I've been doing this for eight years. I'm not going to blow my career up tomorrow to tell you, tell somebody this one piece of news, right? Because that's just not who any of us are and what our careers are built on. If I wanted to be Sushi X, if I wanted to be the leading, you know, rumor monger, or this, that, and the other, if I wanted to be somebody like Hypex on Twitter who has all the Fortnite scoops, right? As soon as I hear a, a whiff of something. That doesn't how that works. As soon as I hear, as soon as I hear a smell, uh, I go immediately to Hypex on Twitter, right? Because that's what he does, or they do. That's they're dialed in to be a part of that community and have that be their brand. Whereas us, we're not. So, but it, that also leads to it ebbing and flowing. Where there'll be times I'm flush with information that I know all about a game long before you ever hear about it. But then there's other times where that doesn't come up in conversation. Like I think, you know, it's always interesting where. 
the amount of friends we've had, right, uh, from IGN or any of, in the industry in general who cross over to a development role and, you know, are working on something. I mean, look at Scott Lowe, right? Like, I, I officiated Scott's wedding, right? And then Scott went to Naughty Dog and stuff like that. I think on paper, if you were to, if you were on the outside and just talking about it, you'd be like, oh, if Greg knows anything about a Naughty Dog game, it's got to be coming from Scott. Never in my life has he told me anything about a Naughty Dog game because I would never ask him. He, mm. I would never violate our friendship in a weird way to try to get a scoop. That's not what we talk about. <laughs> Anytime he wants to talk, it's usually, I don't want to talk about anything but work. You know what I mean? Like, there's these weird things of how the information actually happens and where it actually comes from. I, I kind of hate cool. to bring up this question right now because uh, it might take up a little bit of time. But now that you've mentioned it, I really have to ask, <laughs> how do you feel? What's your stance? <laughs> on leaking, on people ruining these awesome reveals, great event reveals for, you know, the masses by, you know, putting out a leak list or leaking a trailer or something like that. I, my reaction always is, oh man, that sucks. Cause I think about like the people a lot, but then it's also, oh my God, this is awesome. If that makes sense, where, <laughs> For me personally, and especially where I'm at, right, where I don't make the games, and I also am not the breaking news, my I live or die on the exclusive, like I remember being at IGN, right, where it's like, guys, we have an exclusive, and it's gonna be this, I can't wait. What's that? Oh, it broke? Fuck, all right, uh, what do we, you know what I mean? Like, we were gonna have that tomorrow at 9 a.m., but somebody published it, and it's up 12 hours early, and what do we do, and now the winds are out of our sails, and yada, yada, yada. So. <laughs> It's, you know, as we're recording this, and this is going up obviously before Gino, so it's going up incredibly soon. <laughs> we, you know, there's the whole thing with Kojima right now, right? Where we're talking about this. Uh, and help me out, what's the game? Why can't I think of the game? The survival horror game that got announced on the blog? I wanna um, say adaptation, that's um, not it, but it's something like that. Oh, God. Abandoned, that's what it yeah. was. Gage, you had one like, job, dude. <laughs> it's what we talked about on Games Daily today, right? Where it's like, the abandoned team is on IGN today being like, this sucks. Like, no, we're not working with Kojima. I'm sorry, we're so, we didn't, it's not what we thought. We're not doing some campaign. This is, we've been working on this for years. It sucks that we put it up and we were excited and now everybody's asking if it's this thing. And it's like, I totally get that and I totally understand that. And I assure you in three weeks, let alone when the game finally comes out, you are going to be thrilled you were attached to Kojima. And I totally, I 100% get being in that, that thing and being like, oh man, like that's, but like when you're out there and like people, people know this game in a way they would not have known this game before. And even though the news is now, it isn't a tie in like PT was, but it looks a lot like PT, which is why we brought it up. You have a whole bunch of people like, all right, cool, I'll play that when it comes out. Like we, in a lot of ways, take it too seriously i think when this all comes up and there is this i totally think it sucks you're trying to this is why we can't have nice things right of we're building up to this exclusive reveal it's going to be this big thing and it's blown up in my face remember when uh tim and i were doing the final fantasy 15 event right like GameSpot accidentally leaked the release date that we were going to announce that night and i remember being backstage like at a rush like all right well <laughs> like well, there's still the, the bit where the things go and then we have to hit the button and it actually goes but it's like whatever that sucks but it doesn't really knock the do it like people are still excited to be there they're still excited to be around it they're still excited for confirmation like it's a shitty thing that happens that i think is still beneficial it still gets people hype it still gets people going it just sucks it's more it's crazy that it's more elusive that you see it actually work where you don't know yeah. anything about a game and the game drops or the trailer drops like holy shit how did that happen 
because Jeff Grub Grub, Jeffy Grub Grub's out there ruining everything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. think about it in um, terms of like a presentation <laughs> where this would have been the big drop for that presentation, and then all of a sudden the rest of the presentation kind of falls flat because the one big announcement was already out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I figure it works the same way too, though, where it's like the hype we all spin up for ourselves on these things where it is you don't even know what the the big presentation thing is going to be but you start spinning up a million different things and then we get there and it's not that it's iron man vr and it was like this presentation sucks and it's like well no iron man vr is pretty cool (laughs) but like it's just not what but how do you judge what you thought was going to happen with what actually happened like there's no way to actually it feels like ever pay off on people's expectations which sucks that's why I try and always bring everyone here down. I'm like, no, guys, exactly. lower those expectations. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait for the Nintendo state of play. Event. And Phil comes in and he goes, you're not going to like it. They're not going to release any games that you like. You're going to hate guys, I'm about to waste your suck. time, all right? I'm going to waste your time. Like, thanks, Phil. But I mean, like, I it, it. Works like, it works like, look at Outriders. Like, I just don't think people had expectations for Outriders. And now people are playing Outriders and love Outriders. And granted, they're playing Outriders being like, yeah, the story sucks, or this, that, the other. But, like, you're still playing it. You're still having yeah. a great time with it. Game Pass, sure, whatever, but... Outriders, I've only played a little bit of it, but so far, it's like one of the best PS3 era shooters I've ever played. It's right, yeah. It feels very dated, but kind of in a good way where it's very familiar, I guess you could say. Yeah, it knows what it is. Yeah, you know, it's and it's not trying to reinvent the wheel, it's not trying to be a games of service, it's trying to be a co op shooter online with Diablo loot. All right, cool, that sounds dope. Let's go. Very Uh, very excited for that. Around five minutes left. Uh, We've got four questions, I think Phil said. So that's a. We wrap up. We can fit. I mean, if you can get me out of here, I got a meeting with Nick and Tim. So if we could go to 440, if I I can. Oh, so it's not an important meeting. Okay, Okay. that's good enough. No, no, it's just (laughs) kind of funny. No big deal. Community member at Kesselwinks says, quote unquote, don't get into business with friends. At least that's what people say. Kind of Funny has shown us all that friendship can exist in a business and be the focal point that brought all the best friends here and brought us together. Has your friendship ever been strained by the business and any relationship advice for friends trying to start one? Sure, of course it has. Um, I don't, I mean, it's that weird thing. I think I come from an interesting angle with it, right? Where when we left IGN, I we always refer to IGN as family, IGN's family, you know, blah, 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 this thing. And it's true. But it was that thing of leaving and having to be like, oh, it's not family like blood. It's family like uh, an ex-girlfriend for me. An ex, you know, uh, anybody. It, what am I? Ex-significant other. That's what I'm looking for to generalize. And so it was that thing of like when you would hear somebody from IGN through the back channels said something about you, I would get so angry. You know what I mean? I would be so angry that X person would say something about us like that in the morning stand-up or whatever, yada, yada, yada. And so I had a long time of cool Am I friends with Nick and Tim? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, because we're coming from IGN and we're bound by this and calling to. Uh, but like, when we're leaving and doing that, it was like, we're doing this and we're in this business, but what does that mean? And so it's interesting, I feel that the friendships have grown th- as the business has, not because of its success, but because now we're working in a different way and sharing in a different way. Tim and I didn't have serious conversations at IGN. You know what I mean? Like, we, the whole reason we even got hooked up about YouTube, right? was because he understood what YouTube was. And he was at that VidCon when I fell in love with YouTube. And, you know, me, I was telling him, uh, Nick and, uh, I was telling him, Nick and Fran, about this YouTube channel I wanted to start it when we leave that VidCon. We do all these different things, right? And so, in so many ways, I think 
when I got to IGN and, you know, move there not knowing anybody, right, uh, and find friends there and start working with it, it was that thing that didn't dawn on me at the time that when my friends would leave IGN, I didn't see them. You know what I mean? Like, these people that I love and worked in the trenches with and did all these different things, like, they would leave for other things, and that was great, and I was proud of them, yada, yada, and sometimes heartbroken if it was through a layoff or some change in the business. But it wasn't... um a friendship in the way like I call Poe all the time or like, you know, me and Scott Lowe are incredibly close to this day. So he's like, you know, one of the exceptions, but I'm saying he's proving what I'm talking about. So like when we get on the outside, it was this thing of like, cool, I'm in this business with these three guys. Like, are we friends? Are we, are we, what, how does this work? And so in the early days there were like, you know, um, that feeling it out of what does this mean and how do you, who are like, how much do you trust one another and where do you want to go with it? And I remember, you know, uh, details I won't go into, but me and Tim had a, 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 I shouldn't say we had a blow up. I blew up at Tim uh, at a meeting we were doing a Coco, a content conference where we were planning the future. And I, uh, you know, I was pushing for something and it was early. This is like year one, probably for end of year one of kind of funny. And I was pushing for something that, both him, uh, Nick, and Colin had told me like previously, like, no, nah, we're not really down for that, but not in so many words. And I brought it up yet again at this meeting. And, you know, Tim, who I think is the smartest guy in the room all the time, whenever we're doing anything, was very metered and very, like, you know, uh, no, no, like, he's like, I just want, like, we're saying no. And, like, we've said this before, so you have to think of how we feel about that, and yada, yada. And then he said something that was a poor choice of words, and I fucking blew up on him. I fucking blew up in his face, you know what I mean? And, like, silent treatment on the car ride home or whatever. Like, you know, we went, we went out to, it was supposed to be this celebration dinner and drinks, and I think we were in Napa, and I was, like, just fucking not talking. I was over it. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And that it he was right it was the right choice to make and i of course woke up the next day or then maybe not even the next day but over time understood what it was and understood why it happened and you go through this process with each other of and this is everybody of leaning on each other and growing with each other and understanding things i think it's harder to come in as super best friends like i can't imagine ever starting a, a business with poe right like my best friend because it's like you know each other so well and you know how to get under each other's skin and you know how to do these things. And also the thing of like, what do you do when you're upset with each other and how do you, uh, you know, when you think you're right, deal with that. And I always go back to, you know, years after the meeting, I'm talking about where I blew up at Tim, you know, another meeting that I'll, I'll leave off the books and people involved, but we were going around the room and it was a similar situation uh, where uh, we were going around and we, there was not an, there was not a consensus being made on a point. And, it, and I'll name names. It, it was Nick, right? And Nick was the outlier on this and he was getting animated and we got to came around and he's just like, this is how I see it. Do you guys not see it that way? And it was me and Tim. And, I, and I'm like, no. And Tim's like, no. And I will never forget it. Again, this is after years of being partners together. Nick looked and he went, fine. Then you're right and I'm wrong. And I'm sorry. And it was that thing of like he, it was that that's the level of faith we have in each other. Where you can sit there and believe with your entire body and being that you are right. But if in this, and in this would, I, I totally apply this to Kevin and blessing and yada, yada, yada. But in this moment, right, you're with these, your two other founders. And it was just like, no, that's not what it is. And it was that thing of like, okay, cool. Like, I can't see that, but I trust you enough to do this. And that's where we are now, where I think 
you see it every day where in the meeting I have to go do <laughs> where it is that thing of like, not that this is a tense meeting at all, but it is that idea of coming in there and we present the facts and we talk about them. And then you come to a consensus together because we're all doing this for the same reason. We're all going to the same place, but yeah, starting a business with friends is incredibly difficult, right? And you all have to be on the same page, right? Like you all have to want the same thing. And even if you think that you don't agree on certain issues, like obviously that can end uh, very badly. Right. And it can, it, you can get too deep into it. And then it is a huge issue. Love and sex uh, stuff is all about communication. Communication, every relationship, right? It's not just love and sex stuff. I have a question from uh, one of our best friends, Jesse G. She says, not really a question, but a thank you. Thank you, Greg, and everyone at Kind of Funny for being you and creating the wonderful community that you have. Without it, I wouldn't have met my closest friends and found a place to share my weird and wonderful art. Thank just thank you. No, thank so, you. I mean, that's the thing I'm talking about, right? Like, I can't believe that people thank us for doing this. And I get it. I do. But it's like, it's y'all's willingness right to open up it's in believe in this best friend thing that sounds so weird when you first hear it and go that extra step of dming or talking to somebody or playing a game with somebody that you think's cool but you don't know like you know i can tell you from our from our stats right of consumption like even though the kind of funny best friends are so powerful and so cool and so whatever the <clears throat> ones of you making podcasts and sharing your art and doing stuff you're a fraction of the audience there's a whole bunch of the audience that does consume it in a very traditional way of cool i love these guys and i love hanging out with them but i listen to the podcast and i move on to the next podcast in my day and again that's fine now we're happy to be there too but it is the uh, kind of funny best friends that are going the extra step to step out of their comfort zone and go interact with each other thank you for being part of it i'll never forget the london meetup where that well i think you always say the best friends but that was really the first time where i felt oh shit this is what he meant by best friends yeah. just being around other people it was incredible yeah and that that's what i mean right now is so rough on me and breaks my heart is just not having a meet and greet not having a thing because like the special sauce as i always talk about right is going to the meet and greet and it's always the same thing right where people walk in thinking they're coming to see us and if you're lucky, you get 15 minutes with me at your table and multiple other people there. And then the reality is you're together with, you know, hopefully a few hundred best friends and you sit at a table and you are with that group for the four hours and you suddenly realize that, oh man, this is cool. You want to play games when you get home? You want to do this? You want to go to a bar after? You want to go like, you see those friendships grow out of it. And it's what, you know, I love so much about Kind of Funny Live and that, you know, welcome letter I send it as a PDF usually of just like, if you're coming here all by yourself, I'm telling you when you're in line, look to your left, look to your right and turn to whoever you want and just say, so what are you playing right now? And you will be off to the races. I, I understand what it's like to be an introvert. I understand what it's like to be all on your own and be at something that when there, it seems like everybody else's best friends, like they are wet, right, the whole shtick of coming together is to be with other people. Nobody's gonna be like, ah, fuck off nerd. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I flew so six hours to go to just hang out in a crowded bar with with not knowing anyone there and came out of it just with amazing friends. So yeah. you're absolutely right. Just quickly, I just want to give a shout out to Mark Freeman. You know, he's one of the yep. biggest people in the UK that organizes so much for us guys. So quick shout out to him. Thank you so much. Mark's Mark. great. Yeah. He's making this kind of funny uh, museum step by step, day by day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so earlier... Anthony uh, Abat, Abate, Abate. I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce that last name. Been uh, there. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise known as at Bruce Wayne Brady uh, on Twitter Brady. asked the the question about you know how do you feel about uh, community projects spawning and stuff. And there's a similar question from uh, Hoodie Peaks, otherwise known as at the Penny Marvels on Twitter. 
And he wants to say uh, what you, Tim, Nick, Kevin, Andy, and everyone else have helped create is beautiful. Thank you. From the kind of funny community uh, that came with it, all of the best friends uplifting and supporting each other, then sharing that wealth of love for their own content now. How does that make you feel? I mean, it's the best. You know what I mean? I, I, it's and that's why I think selfishly I miss the meet and greets. Is that and I miss seeing you guys all together. I miss seeing that real representation because even when it is, you know, uh, I, and I'm not. It's not that we're getting you know dogged on comments and YouTube or whatever, blah, blah blah. But even on the Jerry O'Connell episode, which is completely awesome in the comments, right? Like it's still like that barrier to it. Like I love seeing your faces. I love seeing people together. I love seeing stuff like this with podcasts that go on and on because of it, and friend groups that go on and play groups and people you know getting together and squatting up and stuff like that. And then I decided to end it with kind of a light, fun question from okay. Serenity. Drop the bass, otherwise known as at roland underscore moog on twitter okay. being a fellow sega master system fan from oh, way back when what is <laughs> slash are your favorite games and how much do you like the ghostbusters game on there ghostbusters is the first one i'm gonna put on the list you kidding me right now god i love that <laughs> ghostbusters game uh yeah like i mean you know the story uh, ghostbusters is what got me into video games it's what introduced video games to me where mom made that tactical air of walking me through toys r us to the real ghostbusters toy aisle via the video game aisle and i'll never forget walking and seeing the no ghost logo and turning and what is that <laughs> that's a video game i want that for my birthday and I, you know it could have been a nintendo i could have pointed nintendo i pointed the sega master system version of ghostbusters right and to get that and have it be so good and so ahead of its time especially for a little kid like me right of like you know you get a code at the end that you can then put back in and then when you start to play the next game so you have more money to work with and get better traps and better cars and better everything and they get they get loose with the ghostbuster rules but i'll, I'll let them slide <laughs> like that was like such a big thing for me and then it was the same thing of like of course this ghost obsession getting ghost house which was the one of the the credit card games that went in the sega master system and being mick and running around dracula's uh castle and doing all this stuff and fighting him like uh what double dragon was another one i think of all the time which obviously everybody knows but i remember you know bringing my friends over to my house and the first thing you want to play video games yeah let's play sega what is a sega <laughs> no one knew what sega was no one knew what a sega master system was but having those experiences right like seeing games as not only uh entertainment and passion and not only entertainment and then you know piggybacking off the passions i already had for something like ghostbusters to then see it be something you could play cooperatively you know it came with its knockoff duck hunt game and i'll never forget like one of my parents friends came over for dinner and like i remember him sitting on the floor and playing that and that was the first time i ever saw an adult play video games other than like my parents that i like strong-armed into playing with me all right that did not know what was going on or care like he was into it i think he probably had an nes it was like it's such a eye-opening experience and have all those first times with it, it was amazing greg is there anything that you want to just uh, communicate to the best friends before gage takes us out I mean, sure. Thank you. You know what I mean? You always, y'all uh, come up here and thank us all the time and write in, thank me for doing this. And you write into the shows. Like, you know, you ask a question on games daily and thank, thank you. Like, you know, we couldn't do this without you. It's broken my heart to go a year without being able to see any of you. Uh, you know, every day we all get to live our dream of, you know, hanging out with our best friends and making content for our best friends. And we could not do that without you. So as always, I'm eternally in your debt and I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Anybody have any? And I guess thanks for having me on the show too, by the way. Definitely. Anybody have any more closing thoughts yeah. before I get into mine? Just I want to say a huge thank you for coming on the show and everything that you and everyone are kind of funny do. Um, obviously, we've touched on the community and how important it is to everyone. But yeah, once again, just a huge thank you. 
thank you guys i'm sorry it took me so long again it's this is the thing of hiring more people i have a little bit more time it still took me april to get here but yeah i'm here <laughs> All right. Well, we're canceling the show now, guys. Save the best to last. It's finished now. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Gino. Sorry, Gino. Sorry, Gino. <laughs> Sorry, Gino. <laughs> Killed the show. So that's what I wanted to piggyback off of. Uh, I know we all kind of share the same sentiment. And I know with you, Greg, the initial email I sent you was a very long-winded kind of outline of why I wanted to have you on the show and, and what kind of funnies meant to me over the years. Um, I know we've already said a bunch of thank yous, but I just, from the bottom of my own heart, I just want to say thank you jesus christ <laughs> now you know how i feel huh you see me crying on yeah. the shows all the time you think it's easy look at this it's been an interesting couple of years and through all the ups and downs you guys have been there as a support pillar through the worst of times and the best of times i don't know if i'd be sitting here with these people that i now consider friends if it weren't for you guys so I just wanted to say thank you. No, I mean, thank you. That's what it's all about. Like, if there's anything, I hope that's the legacy of what we do and what we do. You know what I mean? Like, and that's hard to put into a mission statement and tell an advertiser. But like, that's the point of why we do this is because it legitimately is we want to hang out with our friends and make a spot to make more friends. And so thank you for listening to that message. And thank you all for making shows like this. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us on probably one of the, the best episodes we've had of this show yet. I know I said that every episode because I don't want to play favorites with people, but I appreciate <laughs> it. But this time you meant it. I will listen yes. to the Gino episode to make sure you say like you know one of the worst or like, like one of the middle middle of the tier ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll have to go Gino's and I'll have, funny, to, dude. I'll have to edit so that funny. together and just put something dead yeah. in the middle where I go, "The show sucks. Greg is better." And then... <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you everybody else out there for watching this show. Thank you for supporting us on all of our content. It's really meant the world to us. Uh, yeah, stick around. Next weekend, we're going to put out the Gino episode. If you haven't already seen them, last weekend we put up the Cameron Kennedy episode. Oh, wait. Yeah, that came out last weekend, and then the weekend before that was uh, Ace of Green River. So go check those out. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, we will, uh, we'll see you in the next one. Until next time. That's Greg. Bye, everybody. Bye. He's been out of our league. Bye. <laughs> Just remember, everybody, you're pretty good.